You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. I feel like if you're creating something new, you should tie it into the stuff that has to do with you rather than just try to imitate someone else.
Welcome to the Dreams of Consciousness podcast. If you'd be so kind, would you mind introducing yourself? This is Christian, and I play Necrofire. And Christian, how would you describe the music of Necrofire? Necrofire is a black metal band. I would say we have a lot of, especially on the new record, have a lot of heavy metal influence. Put it similar to something else, I would say it's kind of like the Greek black metal scene, where it's a little more, it has heavy metal and rock mixed into it, opposed you know, to being like a contrasted to say like the northern scene of stuff like that but it's also very melodic and things like that but that's kind of where it fits if you'll indulge me what does the, the term black metal mean to you i feel black metal is more of a instead of just like a sound that comes out of stuff black metal is it's kind of, it's everything that has to do with it like how you feel about the music the what you're singing about like consciousness of what you're doing opposed to just doing some tremolo picking and things like that. And would you say, I mean, you mentioned the Greek black metal scene, um, but would you say that black metal should or can or has to come from any specific part of the world? No, I mean, black metal could think should come from anywhere. But at the same time, I feel like you should also tie in kind of like where you're at. Like you don't want to be... Like, so like this new album has references to like, say, Robert Johnson and the Crossroads and things like that to kind of tie it into America and the South and things like that, where your you know, your sound is your sound, depending on like, you know, where you go with what music you're writing is, but also I feel like you should write about stuff and kind of tie stuff in that has to do with where you're from, opposed to acting like, you know, like some people just follow what goes would be the original black metal stuff from Scandinavia and all that stuff. I mean, it's great, but I feel like if you're creating something new, you should tie it into the stuff that has to do with you rather than just try to imitate someone else. Sure. And speaking of, of where you're from, would you say that Texas has a, a black metal sound that's maybe separate or unique from the rest of the U.S. black metal scene? In general, like Texas, I'd say it's a little rowdy. Usually it's kind of like, you know, I think like the punk and kind of, there's like more punk and a little bit of rock influence on it down here. I feel everything I, it, you know, as cheesy as a setting you want to say, like everything's bigger in Texas. I feel like it kind of has like that vibe to it, if that makes sense. Would you say that your sound is 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 bigger than maybe the um, the basement black metal sound that we're we're used to hearing from like Scandinavia or you know like that that era of black metal? Yeah, because uh, say like we just go with like say tones on the records or guitars and things like that. Like I, we have a much warmer tone to what we're doing than say especially what's like I mean stuff you just mentioned. So and I don't know if that just has to do with us or I mean it could be from the fact that you know like I mean it's been a, over a hundred degrees here for the last month and a half or some nonsense. But you know like but stuff like that consciously creeps into things you do if you know it or not. Sure. And we'll speak about the tones on the album when we when we speak about the recording. Okay. Would you mind telling me a little bit about how Necrofire got together and, and what your intentions were at the time you formed? Necrofire originally started when, like, I had some black metal stuff written, and Dauber was coming back from Ocean, like an Ocean's of Slumber tour, and he put up a post saying he just wanted to do a new, he wanted to try to do a black metal band or something like that. So I sent him a message, and then it kind of just took off from there. Like I sent him the songs, started jamming. Matt was his roommate at the time, so Matt just he was like, "Hey, Matt, come out back, let's jam." And and then the band is kind of off after that. So you guys formed specifically to play black metal, but did you do you have an idea that you wanted to go into this like more rock and roll, Greek influenced direction? Well, I, I 
I mean, a lot of the stuff I feel like when we started the band was kind of like trying to go in the direction of dissection, necrophobic, things like that, which isn't too far off from Rotting Christ or Barathon or some things like that. So uh, it's always been in that same world, but I, I, the intent going in was to start something, yeah, like in that kind of like dissection world. So, I mean, it, I feel like that those two things really go well together. And then it was almost a national progression to go where we've gone. How soon after you guys started writing songs did did you feel that this the sound you reached was the sound that you guys wanted to do? Are you talking about in general, or are you talk, uh, like when we started, or when when you started? Yeah, when we started, yeah. I mean, Dauber had a couple riffs he'd been working on. I had like three songs kind of loosely put together, and the songs we were working on basically were right in that vein. So I'd say it was a pretty conscious decision for that, you know, paying tribute to like say the '90s black metal stuff in that range. You mentioned Dauber comes up with with some riffs. In general, what's your songwriting process like? Do you guys all contribute, or do you have a a couple guys who who do most of the riff writing and arranging? I would say, I mean, most of the songwriting, I feel like, usually comes from like starts with me. Dauber does the next like amount of songwriting. Like he he has def, he has like three songs he did on this record, and then Dauber also helps out a lot with arranging and some other parts like that. And then Matt and Samir usually come in and throw a couple different ideas on and they've been starting to write some more stuff for the band as well but usually it starts as someone demoing something kind of send it out then everybody listens to it like that and then we go to practice and then it usually the song changes a little bit from what it was you know just because nat like jamming together and seeing how it feels with actual people playing it you know opposed to just putting some stuff on the computer usually it feels a little bit different but then i feel like after that it actually grows and becomes a song opposed to just something you know you you just kind of demoed out. And as far as the demos that you and Dauber uh, record, how finished are the arrangements? Like what state are, are the songs in before the rest of the band hears them? I mean, they're pretty far along. Sometimes like depending on when I'm doing it, sometimes I just send like what the, the parts are on guitar. Sometimes, you know, we do like, I'll add drums to it, like from some kind of like plug-in or things like that. Dauber will send out songs that are like mostly finished or basically finished with everything on it. He does a lot of like, I do some home recording, like more, I would say my stuff's more in the demo and it's rough and things like that. Dauber can do almost like professional recording or can do professional recording from the house. So like our first record he did, the entire, like he mixed and recorded the first entire record we did and our EP. Right. So it sounds like you guys write songs pretty quickly. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, I've already, we're already diving into writing stuff for the next record that we probably won't record for a year or so. Sometimes it just happens the way it comes out. It's like, you know, I don't, it's like, I don't try to stop it. I'm just like, not like, oh, okay, this is not the time for this. I'm like, it's here, here we go. And when you go into a song, do you have uh, an idea of where you want the direction to go? Like, would you say like, uh, I want this to have like more of a gallopy epic feel or I want this to have more of a blasting feel? Or do you just write riffs and, and let it flow? Sometimes, I mean, it, I think it goes both ways. Because I've gone in with the intent of writing something like this, and then something else comes out, and it just goes a completely different direction. And then, but I think it is good sometimes, like having that idea, because it might not be the first thing that comes out when you're writing it, but maybe like you know, a couple riffs down or songs down, like that it, it clicks in because you've put it like you know you put it in your mind that you want to do that, so it eventually will manifest at some point. But it's more of like you know, I've, that's like what's coming to you. It's like you know. 
it's more acknowledging what you're writing or like what's coming to you opposed to just being like, oh no, this isn't what I wanted to write. And, you know, not to miss out on something that's really good because you were trying to do something else. Sure. What song would you say on this, this latest album uh, came out completely different from what you originally envisioned it being to the way uh, we hear it on the finished album? I don't think anything turned out that different. A lot of everything, even like when it came together, was I feel like exactly the way it should be. So pretty close to the demos that we that you guys uh, recorded. Yeah, pretty close to the demos, or even some of the stuff that wasn't completely demoed. The way I saw it in my head, that's the way it kind of ended up.
So your second album was released at the beginning of June through Season of Mist. It's called Burning Shadows in the Southern Night. Tell me a little bit about this album and tell me about your intentions going into it. Did you guys set out to do anything different? We wanted to make this record. I mean, this record, we were trying, like, we were trying to go in more in that Hellenic black metal kind of way. We wrote this a little bit more like Rotting Christ influence and kind of like, you know, heavy metal on it. Also, I feel like without the kind of discussing of this record just became like, these songs are really powerful, like live songs. And I feel like that kind of over, like kind of the record, like most of the stuff went in that direction. Like the songs are powerful and meant to be played at a show. Is the live experience important for you? Would you say it's the most important aspect of the band? I don't know if it's the most important aspect of the band, but it's definitely important. I mean, musically, we practice a lot so we can, you know, so everything is where it should be. But also just like putting on a show or like for me, like, you know, like when we play, I kind of, you know, it's one of those. I kind of go into like, I don't know, it's like more or less a trance or just like when we're playing, it's just kind of just it's letting a lot of stuff out. And being and like it's you know it's one of the few times I feel like you can just be free and do whatever you know you need to do, but but yeah, live playing live is super important to me. Just like the release of energy and like seeing how people respond to it and give it back and things like that. Did the live aspect also was that also what led you to to incorporate more heavy metal and more kind of like classic metal riffing on this album? I think so. I mean, it was something we've been talking about doing for a while. But definitely, like, our shows have gotten a little more wild, and I think that just kind of played hand-in-hand hand to lead it in that direction. I'm curious. This is, I think, the second or third time you mentioned uh, <laughs> how wild your shows are. Uh, when you say wild, what, what exactly <laughs> I mean, does that it's entail? Like, it's like when we go out there, it's not like, you know, it's just, like, like, push it to the max, like, where it's, like, just trying to, like, outdo everybody else or just, you know, as go as, like, as, you know, just go as much as you can. Like, try to get everybody, like, wound up, fists in the air, going a little crazy, stuff like that. Like engage in the crowd where it's not just say like you're putting on a performance. Gotcha. So, not Watain Wild. <laughs> I mean, some point hopefully it hits Watain Wild, but <laughs> I, I feel like Watain is a very special animal in itself. Trust me, I, I went home from a Watain show with uh, blood all over my face. So. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That's it. I just saw him in Inferno earlier this year, and it was the first time I've ever seen him with a full pyro and everything, and it was just, like, I don't know, mind-fucking-blowing, I guess would be the word. But I've seen him a bunch, and that show was, like, something super special. But, like, so Watain steps it up even beyond, like, say, like, Watain has a wild-ass show, but Watain's also, like, uh, you know, they're, they're, like, a magical force, and all that stuff together is really just pushes it over the top. Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to speak about the recording of the album. Uh, can you tell me where you guys ended up going to record this? We we went to Brooklyn to record this in Studio G with Joel Hamilton. It was a really cool experience. Just I enjoy getting out of town. And then so like, you know, your daily life activities don't really interfere with the record. It's, you know, it's we were there for like two weeks and, you know, it's like wake up, get some coffee, go to the studio, in the studio all day, get out do a couple things, go back to bed and repeat. And it's like, you're, I think it really helps set the tone with the record doing like when you go record like that. It also, it creates, I mean, I think it also creates a different atmosphere than just kind of coming back to say, if you're recording somewhere, play in your home city and you just go to the studio on the weekends and things like that. And it also leaves like, I can, I can just, I can remember the whole experience and what the record feels like to me as a, like a, 
the two week period that we were there. Joel Hamilton uh, worked with some of your bandmates on the last Oceans of Slumber album, but he's not necessarily somebody who's who's associated with this type of music a lot. You know, he's he's worked with Tom Waits, he's worked with Iggy Pop, Yoko Ono. Why why Joel? Joel and Dauber on the Oceans record, like they really became close friends. And Joel's an amazing engineer. And he was like, I really want to do something heavy. He's like, would you guys be into this? And I'm like, we're like, oh, of course we'd be into this. You want to do this? And he's like, send me stuff you guys want to do. All right, let's go. So it really kind of, yeah, like just Joel wanting to do something different than he does and things like that kind of led to it. But Joel's really great to record with. But even Oceans was in the studio. I flew up there just to kind of see him and hang out for a little bit. And Joel's just got like a really good vibe and he pushes certain things like when you're trying to do stuff musically that like, it creates a great environment for it and you feel comfortable and like, you know, I feel like it brings a better performance out in you or and also like he has a lot of creative ideas that we're already pushing to do and adds to like, you know, the album and things like that. You mentioned that Joel wanted to do something different from what he usually does, but did you guys also want to work with someone different this time around as far as a producer? Yeah, also, like, I mean, Dauber did our last record, so, I mean, I feel like it's also, it works out well where he can just play on the record and be part of the band where he isn't playing and mixing and recording everybody and stuff like that. Besides the fact that Joel's an amazing, like, engineer, like, I feel like putting him so he could just be in the band and doesn't have to do everything was also important. But as far as some, working with somebody who who isn't specifically known for um, this type of music, you know, I when I when I speak to people about recording, three names usually come up, and it's always Greg Wilkinson, Colin Marston, and uh, Brad Boatwright. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I'm curious, what what led you? You know, was there any kind of hesitancy that um, working with somebody? You know, he's obviously he's, he's very well regarded. He's a he's a Grammy nominated producer, but in terms of working with somebody who hasn't recorded a black metal band before? Did you have any kind of hesitation? Uh, no. So Joel's been in like punk and hardcore bands. And he's also, I mean, like he's done stuff like Unsane and things like that. And that's not black metal, but at least he understands, like, you know, he understands heavy music and like where we're trying to do. And, you know, like when black metal and say death metal started, like no one knew how to record that either specifically. I mean, Joel knows how to record bands. So, you know, like he, I think he already, I trusted that he knew it was like, you know, what to do with us. Like it wasn't ever a concern. Like he doesn't know how to, you know, what's going on. He's, I feel like it's just a different animal. And also it made it more, it makes it more interesting to do something with somebody that isn't maybe say, I mean, like other dudes, are, those guys are all great, but stepping outside and your record will sound different if you're doing it with somebody different than what everybody kind of goes for, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm very, like, I don't know, half the time I feel like, this is what you're supposed to do. I'm like, cool, let's do the complete opposite. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. You like bucking expectations. Yeah. And also, like, you know, pushing new boundaries and going places you haven't been is, like, uh, something I quite enjoy.
we talked about stylistically uh, how how this album is is different from what you guys have done in the past. But in terms of the sound, how would you compare the sound to the previous album? This record's a lot bigger as far as I, I feel like the tones are bigger. Just overall, it's just, a. I mean, with the studio and equipment and everything else we're, like, we're going with and using Joel, it's just like kind of like leveled up as far as like quality and things like that. And did you record this live? I mean, we tracked everything live and then went back and did some, uh, you know, overdubs and everything like that. But I mean, Dauber tracked all the drums, like those are live tracks. Those aren't like, you know, edited, put to a click and stuff like that. And there's all real drums, which is, you know, nothing, it's like not really too common these days. Yeah, yeah. But besides the overdubs, were you guys all in the room together? Yeah. I mean, well, okay, so drums were in one room and we were in the control room, but you know, you can see through the glass. Gotcha. Okay. Is this how you prefer to record or, or was this something that you did specifically for this album? I prefer to record like that. You know, it's like, say, either everybody playing together with the drums or like just like at least like guitar and stuff like that. So it, give, it gives it that feel like, you know, you're actually playing with somebody and then like that actually like, translates into people can tell, rather, you know, and it gives it like a real life opposed to it being, if you were just click, like, you know, retract, like recording to some like a, a recorded track with a click instead you know yeah and do you feel that recording this way helps you preserve that that live feeling that live intensity yeah for sure because that's i feel like especially in black metal that's super important like you don't want everything to be you don't want it to be sterile at all i mean and then especially like tame is another word that comes to mind that you don't want it to be like let it breathe because like I, you know like let it breathe and be more organic so it's actually because I feel like what like the feeling and what you're creating from it is just as important as the rest of it. With this bigger sound, and you know, at one point you described your your tone as as warmer. Do you feel like there's a and you know we discussed the heavy metal side of this. Do you feel like there's almost a retro side to Necrofire? Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I I'm like obsessed with heavy metal. Dauber is as well, and Matt and Samir listen to some of it. But I mean, I even do like, I do a traditional heavy metal fest in Houston called Hell's Heroes. So a lot of that stuff sneaks in to riff writing and stuff like that. Like black metal and heavy metal are my two favorite forms of metal. So I figured this was going to happen at some point anyways. <laughs> do you want to say anything about the gentleman who who mastered this? Mayor's great. I would say he's truly uh, a magician in the mastering world and something special. I really like his approach to everything and just like... Uh, we use him on the last record as well, like, uh, and I'm sure we'll probably use him on the next one. And this is Mayor Applebaum. Mm-hmm. So the album has been out for a little while. Uh, I'm curious if you guys have any plans as far as tours or uh, festivals or things like that. We just did like when the record came out. We did like a a, little, a tour that's like almost three weeks with Midnight on the West Coast. Really great tour. Shows are crazy. Midnight of Great Guys, Early Moods was on there too, and they're great. It was good. It was a good diverse bill between, say, Midnight Us and Early Moods. Next, working on like I think we're gonna do one more run this fall, but nothing's set in stone at the moment. And then we'll be back out in the spring for sure. Uh, you mentioned the the festival that you operate, uh, Hell's Heroes. Do you want to say anything about that? Yeah, come to the fest. <laughs> 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 no, but Hell's Heroes is like it's mostly a traditional heavy metal fest. There's also there's like classic metal on it and like a, a like like a little bit of black metal and stuff snuck in, but it's basically just all the stuff I like trying to put it together. But this year Sodom's playing, 
Queensryche's doing a set from like their EP and Warning, Running Christ doing a classic set, Solitude Eternus, Dervaza, Addict. I mean, there's a band from all over the world. But it's really kind of became something special and a lot of people are coming to it now, like where it's been growing every year. So I'm very proud of it. When did you start the fest? 2018, I believe, 2017. Do you want, did you want to focus more on uh, more traditional heavy metal? Because, I mean, around the U.S. there's a lot of like, you know, death fests and, you know, doom fests and things like that. Yeah, I wanted to, because traditional, like, there wasn't any kind of traditional heavy metal fest in the South at all. And there's like, you know, there's a few of them like scattered throughout the United States. But I really wanted to go that direction. Like, I, you know, like I wanted to do, like I also thought about doing some more black metal, but a lot of black metal I listen to is all from Europe. And that makes it a little bit more complicated, especially at least starting. So I was like, because I always wanted it to be a mix of black metal and traditional heavy metal is like the idea. And it started off just like, I feel like straight traditional. And like, I have a lot of friends that are in all those bands and just put something together in the first year like it was really well received everybody had a great time so just kind of kept it going after that i I spoke to solitude atrenus a a little while back um no sorry not solitude atrenus um another doom metal band from texas sorry i'm spacing right now las cruces yeah um who have like a yeah who have like a a traditional like almost dio type heavy metal sound Um, is there like a growing like texas heavy metal scene no <laughs> I mean, there's a couple bands but like it's not like there's not like i would say a traditional heavy metal scene like i also play in a band a traditional heavy metal band called night cobra and there's a few bands to play with in texas and i guess you could kind of say eternal champions from texas because jason tarpey lives here but i mean the rest of them live on the east coast but i mean there's not like a there's not like a straight traditional metal scene say more like i feel like the in the U.S., it's more, I feel like, West Coast, like Portland, California, and things like that, where, like, there's, I would say, a stronger scene in, like, the traditional world. Sorry, when, when you said it's uh, complicated getting bands from Europe, are you talking just the visa part? I mean, it's just a lot of extra work. Visas, flights, you know, depending on what's going on, like, stuff like that. It's just a lot more expensive and involved than being asking a band from California to come to Texas to play. Because no matter what, like, you know, some of these bands could, like, depending on who they are, they can tour here. For, and if you live in the United States, you know, even if you're far, you can set up some kind of tour. But if you live in Norway, you have to fly here. <laughs> <laughs> There's no Amtrak from uh, Oslo, right? Yeah, no Amtrak at all. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Amtrak under the sea coming soon, but I don't think it, nothing yet. <laughs> Sorry, I... I... I missed a few if you said when the the date for the next one's going to be. It's March 21, 22, 23 of next year. Cool. And the website for Health Heroes is? Working on getting a website set up, but now it's just Health Heroes Festival on Instagram and Facebook. Okay, cool. So Burning Shadows in the Southern Night is out now through Season of Mist Records. Christian, what's the best way to get the album? How can people order it? You can either order it to, like the easiest ways are to either show for a show <laughs> or get on our Bandcamp or the Season of Mist website. Okay. And is Season of Mist doing anything special for the, the physical releases, like special vinyl or anything like that? Yeah, there's a couple different colors. I think there's like a, there's like a red splatter. There's a gold one. I think there's a yellow one. And they're all, like, they're all limited to about 200. So a couple good variants. We did a special like release of tapes for it 
there's about I think there's like three left in case anybody wants to grab one before they go. <laughs> <laughs> and all that stuff is available through the Bandcamp page, right? Yes. And if people want to follow Necrofire online, what's the best way to do that? We're on Instagram and Facebook. It's just Necrofire, like on both of them. Is there anything else you want to say? Hope everybody checks out the record. Buy a copy, help support. <laughs> we'll see you guys more or everybody else like soon somewhere on the road. You mentioned working on music for the next album. Do you want to tease what that might sound like and when people uh, can hope to hear that? I don't even know at this point. I feel like let's leave it a mystery. Okay. Very cool. Thanks so much, Christian. Thank you, man. Uh-